The gospel this morning is from the book of Mark, the eighth chapter, starting with the 22nd verse. The disciples came to Bethsaida. Some people brought a blind man to Jesus and begged him to touch him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out to the village. And when he had put some saliva on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, can you see anything? And the man looked up and said, I can see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he looked intently, and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Then he sent them away to his home, saying, Do not even go into the village. Jesus went on with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi, and on the way he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? And they answered him, John the Baptist, and others, Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. He asked them, but who do you say that I am? Peter answered him, you are the Messiah. And he sternly ordered them not to tell anyone about him. Then he began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders and the chief priests and the scribes and be killed and after three days rise again. He said all this quite openly. And Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But turning and looking at his disciples, he rebuked Peter and said, Get behind me, Satan, for you are setting your mind not on divine things, but on human things. He called the crowd with his disciples and said to them, If any want to become my followers, let them deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For those who want to save their life will lose it. And those who lose their life for my sake and for the sake of the gospel will save it. For what will, profit, for what will it profit them to gain the whole world and forfeit their life? Indeed, what can they give in return for their life? Those who are ashamed of me and of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, of them the Son of Man will also be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. Grace and peace to you this morning. It's an odd detail, isn't it? Jesus lays his hands on a man with blindness and asks, Can you see anything? I can see people, but they look like trees walking. What the heck is that all about? Imagine looking at a person and thinking, oh, there goes something that is not a person. That's definitely a not-human thing like a tree. What a strange way of seeing. What would it be like to see the world that way? Might I suggest to you that you already know? Might I suggest 
that this man seeing people as trees walking is not some sort of weird, abnormal, in-between stage between blindness and vision, but actually the way that most of us view the world? Mount Olivet member Lisa Hansen shared an article with me a couple weeks ago. In it, a psychologist observed people's brains as they were shown pictures of different people. Some of the pictures they were shown were of wealthy people wearing business suits and sporting sleek haircuts. And some photos were of people who were visibly homeless, unclean, unkempt, haggard. Now, when a rich person's picture would appear, the observer's brain would light up right where it was supposed to, the place in the brain that recognizes humans. When a homeless person's picture would appear, the brain would light up in a different place, the place that tells you that the thing you're seeing is not a human. The place of your brain that lights up when you see a pigeon, or a lawnmower, or yes, a tree. We see people, but they look like trees walking. You see, without conscious reflection, our brain steps in and edits the world for us to distance us from having to grapple with human misery. Our brain gives us a version of the world that is rosier than the full picture of reality. Our brain makes us see the world as we wish it were, rather than the world as it is. And even when conscious reflection is involved, sometimes we choose to ignore unpleasant realities that we would rather not see. We change the station when we don't want to hear the news story. We stop following our friends online when they get too dark. We avert our eyes when we're at the red light and there's a person there waiting with a cardboard sign. We stay silent rather than risk naming our own struggles and failures. We are hardwired as a species to avoid suffering and things that disgust us. It's like we willingly put on blinders to filter out the yucky stuff. Life looks a little more charming and precious with these blinders on, of course, but it's also a little less real. These blinders make us no different than this man in the reading who is no longer sightless, yet does not see clearly. And these yuckiness filtering blinders, they don't stop with the way that we view the world. We view God this way too. A number of years ago, I was hiking in New Hampshire and I met another pastor on the trail. He did not have very good things to say about Lutherans. He was quick to point out how our church is shrinking and churches like his are growing. And he told me the key to his success with numbers. He said, it's simple. P 
people want a God who rises above the mess of their lives. People want a strong God who gives clear rules. That's what people want. That's what people can understand. And I get it. Life is rough. And sometimes you just need a space to be and guideposts to follow. But I also think that this pastor was making the same mistake that Peter makes later on in today's gospel reading. Peter wants a strong God with clear rules, and he wants Jesus to be that God. He calls Jesus the Messiah, and he is right. Jesus is God's chosen one, sent to save us. But what Peter wants is a Messiah who acts like Peter's selective yuckiness-filtering blinders expect him to act, who rises above the mess of his life and makes the world simple and clear. Peter is looking at Jesus, but he might as well be seeing a tree walking. Because Jesus is not interested in being that kind of Messiah. Jesus is not interested in rising above the mess of our lives. Jesus is the Messiah who walks right into our mess with no fear or judgment and sets up camp with us right there. Jesus is the Messiah who will go to any length to show that there is nothing that will separate us from the saving love of God. And that's because the God who sent Jesus isn't just the God of pleasant and pretty things. God is the God of all things. And that means when we think about God, we can't just think of strength, but also of weakness. We can't just think of beauty, but also of ugliness. We can't just think of flashy miracles, but of quiet humility. God is a God who isn't just able to throw a party. God is a God who is willing to hold our hand when sorrow is so great that words fail us. God sent Jesus so that we might know that there is no place that we can go where God has not already been, no situation we face that God does not face with us, no pain that we suffer that God is not already bearing alongside us. God is in all things, including the things that our yuckiness-filtering blinders shield us from seeing. And God wants us to know that God is in these people and places too. And so God sends Jesus to earth to catch our eye. And once we're watching Jesus, Jesus goes and we're scandalized. Jesus, the Son of God, goes straight into the deep end of all the suffering we try to block out. And Jesus removes our blinders as he ministers to the people that we would wish just go away. The poor and the sick, the scapegoated and neglected, the sinner locked in their own vice, 
and the wealthy corrupted by their own power. And Jesus removes our blinders as he suffers and dies just as he predicts in today's reading. And when we look at Jesus hung on a cross to die, we see that God knows our pain. We see that God is not afraid of the horrors that this world churns out. We see that God has no yuckiness filtering blinders. And that is the moment that, for the first time, we begin to see the world and ourselves clearly. We start to see that wherever we're going, God is already there ahead of us. We see that as real as our instinct to avoid and ignore may be, more real still is God's loving presence in the human suffering that we want to flee from. Jesus cures this blind man when he initially restores his sight, but Jesus heals him when he gives him a new way of looking at the world, and the text says this man sees everything clearly. He no longer sees people as trees walking. He sees them as dwelling places for the Holy One who made us all. That's a new way of seeing. It's a way of seeing that has guided Christians to make decisions that are seen as questionable by those in this world wearing yuckiness filtering blinders for millennia now. I read this week about Saint Lawrence. He's a saint who lived in ancient Rome where Christianity was persecuted. His job was to be a deacon who handled the church's finances, and that meant it was his job to give some of the money away to the poor and the widows and the sick in his community. One night, the Romans captured Lawrence, and they said they would kill him unless, they, unless he handed over the church's treasure. Lawrence agreed, but he said he needed three days to gather it together. Supposing it to be a very large sum of money, the Romans let him go. Lawrence spent the next three days giving out all of the church's money and gathering together all the poor and disabled and widowed and sick people in his community. When the Romans came back for their treasure, Lawrence led them to a great room where they stood facing all these suffering people, people of no monetary value at all, people the Romans wished weren't part of their society. Here is the treasure of the church, Lawrence said. He was executed immediately. Now, they didn't have the technology to measure brain activity back then, but I know what part was lighting up in Lawrence. He didn't see trees walking. He only saw people who were inseparable from God's love. Jesus gave him a new way of seeing, and it led him to a place that he had not expected for himself. Perhaps this is an extreme example but the way of seeing that Jesus gifted to this blind man and to St. Lawrence, he also gifts to you.
It's the same way of seeing that led Lawrence to this act of loving defiance that led one of the adults on our adult mission trip to reflect that he feels like he's been living in a bubble of privilege and seeing people in various types of need gave him a new understanding of what the West Metro is. It's the same way of seeing that leads so many of you to hospital rooms of loved ones living with cancer, looking frailer and sicker than you ever could have imagined. It's the same way of seeing that leads many of you to courageously name your ongoing grief, your mental illness, your addictions, it's the same way of seeing that leads you to feel like your life has some purpose, but you know that that purpose is not going to be found in worldly success, but only in great love. It's a way of seeing that comes from the God Jesus shows us. The God who is in all places with a love that saves and gives life. A love from which nothing will ever be able to separate us. And that love is the most real thing that exists. Amen.